You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello! Hello! You're on the Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Let's bring it in. Let's yeah. bring it in. <laughs> we were too excited. Right, everybody take in. a knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard she went crazy or something. What? I don't know. What? I haven't watched it. Just don't, there's all these... Are you talking about Game of Thrones already? Yeah, Why you said you... take a knee. Take a knee. Yeah, for a, a prayer. Uh, I was gonna pray. I was gonna pray. Yeah, oh. I was gonna do a you know a whole like locker room huddle kind of talk thing. Oh, the only knee went... that I take is either for head or for uh, loyalty and allegiance. Wow. Well, <laughs> so, so for so that's how, <laughs> and they kind of go hand in hand. So I'm loyal to your dick. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I thank you. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> this has been another episode. <laughs> what the? Uh, so that's interesting. We just got a nice glimpse into your um, fantasy role playing life with 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 Matt. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, wow. I was I was not. I didn't get up that long ago, so I don't think I was prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm certainly. Grateful to have it in my life now. I always love throwing Kevin in the deep end. Yeah. It's fun to watch you flail for a minute until you get your bearings. You're welcome. <laughs> Happy to help. Well, you're the best swimmer I know. I know you can handle it. <laughs> that is, okay, that is the best possible segue into the bright spot. No that way. there possibly could have Seriously? been. Yes, so I hate to dispense with the pleasantries, but I have to talk about it. <laughs> okay, because go Because speaking of the best swimmers ever... The bright spot this week is Gabe Castellanos of Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, now, he was celebrating his birthday at the Brooklyn Barge down by the water uh, okay. in Brooklyn this week. and um, Come through Brooklyn. And completely unrelated, a uh, pet sitter was walking a, a two-year-old dog named Harper. Looked like Aww. a little butt. Now, the pet, yes, but, yes, but bad things will happen. No. Uh, yes. It's the bright spot. <laughs> Don't worry. It is the bright spot. Harper was being walked by the pet sitter, and the pet sitter got hit by a taxi Jesus during the Christ. walk. The taxi okay. had run a stop sign, and the pet sitter, whose name I do not know, uh, was hit and lost control of Harper, the dog who was really scared, and jumped into the water oh, off the pier Christ. Okay. in Brooklyn, right, into the East River. And that is not a safe place to be. No. The water is cold. The dog can swim, but the dog is terrified and does not want to... It's just scared and in the water, right? Yeah. So a lot of people are on the water's edge, including Gabe Castellanos at his birthday party, right? What he does is grab a life jacket from somewhere, strip down to his underwear, and jump off of the pier yes. and swim out to the dog because the dog's been paddling scared for 10 minutes and people are watching it from the side. So it's exhausted. Right. And he catches up with her. Harper is so scared that she actually bites him on the hand and face and chips his tooth oh, no. in, the, in his attempt to get close to her to yeah. take care of her, right? But yet he holds her leash and gently brings her to the shore and right. saved the life of that two-year-old dog, Harper. Aww. And so he is truly the best swimmer, not me, but him. 
And that was our bright spot because Gabe Castellanos saved that poor dog. I love that. I, I love do too. dogs and men in their underwear. For sure. This so one is right up your alley. This is the best bright spot ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I have. Um, what you a, got? We have a poll. Oh, oh, should we talk about a poll? Yeah, let's All right. Talk. So I remember this poll. It was fun. It was a very important poll. <laughs> I wanted to know if people had streaked. Sure. And 70% of people said no with a mm. gasping scream. Mm-hmm. 0% said I'm doing it right now with a devil face. Well, that's good because they should not be focused on their phones at that time. Yeah, although I think it would be fun to, to live tweet a streaking experience. Like, the pants have come off. I mean, Hashtag streak 2019. Pixar, it didn't happen. And also, it sounds like there's a niche you need to fill. <laughs> I need to live tweet as Apparently streaking. no one's doing this. So. Um, and then 30% said yes with a little leg uh, emoji. <laughs> I, like I couldn't find emoji. a naked running person, so <laughs> emoji, so. Come on, emoji people. And uh, You know emojis have to have, like, go through an entire process? Like, there's a committee on emojis. Seriously? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is but, that why there's not a hippo yet? Yeah. Because I'm really disappointed well, in that. Okay, this is a good thing, okay? The bright side of this is you can actually find the people you need to take this to. It's not an amorphous kind of thing. And people are in charge them? of mo- emojis, yes. I mean, there's an emoji hippo. committee. Hippo. Don't yell at me. I'm not on the emoji committee. Make a hippo. <laughs> take, the, take your complaints to the people who can do something about them. So committees are actually a great segue into our topic. Oh, then let's get into our topic. We are just segueing today. <laughs> I know. Love it. So what are we talking about today as our main topic, Jason T. Gaffney? Men. Great. Tragic for sure. Gold medals. Gold medals. Okay, Olympics-ish? Running shorts. Oh, okay. Something to do with running shorts at the Olympics. That's right. Okay. We're going to talk about the infamous 1904 St. Louis Summer Olympics Men's Marathon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so I I see a trajectory here. Your streaking episode, I feel, led you straight into this one, into the arms of this topic. Yeah. Well, I know how much you love running. I don't love running. I know. I run very short distances to warm up or something. Or to beat your husband at your circle game. I... I will do that, yes. Yeah. I will I will run to beat my husband, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will do nearly anything to beat my husband, yes. <laughs> okay, first, mm-hmm. a little bit of Olympic history. Great. The OG Olympics took place in Olympia, Greece, from the 8th century BC through the 4th century AD. Mm-hmm. And they were naked. Yeah. Which, if we had kept to that situation, then there would be no running shorts problem at all. Oh, my God. It would be the greatest. I solved it. Okay. So there was actually a long stretch of time when they didn't have the Olympics. Mm -hmm. You know, ancient wars and stuff like that. So people were like, no more Olympics. Puts a cramp on your... Sporting style. I sure. know what a what dicks. Yeah, I'm sorry. We you can't do the regatta. We we are dragooning your boat to be part of our armada. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But it's a kayak. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Now it's a destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a long stretch of time where they didn't have the Olympics, and, and it wasn't until 1894 when Baron Pierre de Corbentin would create the IOC or the International Olympic Committee. Sure. 
Two years later, in 1896, the first season of the reboot of the Olympics would take place in Athens, Greece. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, they, they, they put it together in two years, and, first of all. Well, that's amazing, first off. Yeah. And secondly, it's also a nice homage to where it originated. In, Athens, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be until 1904 that the Olympics would adopt the gold, silver, and bronze award system, though. Okay. So the first, like, season... The f- in 1896, seasons. everybody got a medal? Everybody got a certificate of participation? Yeah. I love it. They were all a bunch of snowflakes. That's another idea that got a reboot. Yeah. 1904 also happened to be the first Olympic Games to ever take place outside of Europe, ever, in the history of the world. Oh, sure. Okay. They had been awarded to take place in Chicago, but based on what I said earlier about where they took place, we can tell that there was a problem. Oh, true, because you said it happened in St. Louis. Yes. Well... You said also, though, it was a marathon, so maybe they ran from Chicago to St. Louis. <laughs> they did not. Is that farther than 26 miles? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh. It's in a flyover. It's in two flyover states. <laughs> yeah. So, 1904 was the same year that the St. Louis World Fair slash Louisiana Purchase Exposition to <laughs> honor the 100-year anniversary of the Louisiana Purchase was okay. taking place. Right. So, it was like a big deal. Sure. And everyone in St. Louis is like, we're really important because mm-hmm. we're in St. Louis. Is that that's what they built the arch for, isn't it? That World Fair, that year. I actually didn't. You don't need sure. to know that. I, I let's just say, think that. Let's say yes. Yes, that's fact now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the leaders of this particular event, the World Fair, mm-hmm. started planning the St. Louis World Fair back in 1898. Okay. And they were feeling a little bit testy about the fact that the Olympics were going to happen at the same time as their event in the same year. They're like, um, how come all of a sudden you get to be here? They okay. did not like to share their toys. Well, gee. So they went to Chicago, the mm-hmm. heads of the World's Fair. They got the IOC together and told them that more Americans and people around the world were going to come to their event, the World's Fair. And unless the Olympics were moved to St. Louis... They would set up their own sporting events to go along with the Louisiana Purchase Exposition to compete with them and siphon off the athletes and other people. You're fucking Christ, St. Louis. Yeah. You're playing dirty. St. Louis was like... You're really ruining your, like, polite Midwestern image. Oh, they're not polite at all on this. They're not the heroes of our story. Jeez. But yeah, they basically were like... They were actually really nice about it. (laughs) No, we will sabotage your entire event. Yeah, we sure will. (laughs) It'd be such a shame if all the athletes just didn't show up. That's a a nice Olympics you're planning. Would be a shame if something were to happen to it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the Olympics meets Fargo. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So the Olympics were like, Damn, we're still new again. Mm. We can't be eclipsed by this because it would look really bad. Right. So we really need the athletes to come compete. So they caved and they moved the Olympics to St. Louis. Wow. And Chicago was like, fuck all y'all. Yeah. So I think Chicago made out okay. Chicago did fine in the long run. Who wants to go to St. Louis now when you can go to Chicago? Yeah. Sure. And see the bean. The bean. I the saw the river bean. tour is yeah. amazing. You should do it. Yeah. The Tribune building. Beautiful. We, they have uh, steak. They have lots of things. They there. have uh, an axe throwing gym in they do. a movie theater. They do. Which we what, went to. What's not to love? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's St. Louis got? Yeah. An so. arch. <laughs> 
So I have two. I have a couple friends. I have there. two of those on my body right two, now. Two arches on your yeah. body and your feet. Yeah. Yeah. So big deal. I have big arches. Okay. The biggest. I have They're long bigger since than... past caring. So <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Anyway, so St. Louis won the Olympics. Nothing yeah. like a bully getting what they want, right? <laughs> Some kind of veiled reference to how I bullied you, and now we're back on topic. <laughs> okay, so St. Louis was a bitch, right? Yeah. It was also a bitch and a half to get to. Most of the athletes in the world were like, we're not going. Really? Because it's hard. Chicago, so you can get We were to. interested in Chicago, but this yeah. is St. Louis. Yeah, well, that's like that's like going on. You probably had to take a ferry to get there. Yeah, it's like going on a dating app. From Chicago. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you probably have to get to Chicago to first, first, yeah, to get anywhere close to St. Louis. With the, I just imagine it's like they're on a dating app and they got catfished. It's like, ooh, we're going to Chicago, and then some fucking St. Louis shows up, and you're just <laughs> like, like oh. you don't look like your pictures. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I brought a cake. <laughs> Doesn't that make up for the fact that I'm not a tall building that's glowing? <laughs> <laughs> I brought a cake. <laughs> a whole city brought a cake. <laughs> Also, you're going on a Tinder date and you're showing up with a cake. <laughs> also, big deal. I have two cakes on my body right now. <laughs> I don't know how to date anymore. I've been married a while. Uh, I, uh, I have been off the market. <laughs> I'm rusty. <laughs> I assume that that's what you do now. You bring cake, right? Sure. Lots yeah. of cake. I mean, you know it can't hurt. It can't hurt. <laughs> Definitely put your best foot forward. Come eat my cakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Not only did the athletes not go, right. even the Baron Pierre, who helped found the Olympics, didn't go to this one. Okay. He was just like, not worth it. It's like the second one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what number Olympics was this? Like two or three. Two or three. Yeah, it was like, early on. Like, and he's just like, no. Uh, it's a rebuilding year. No. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to go to the next city and make that one good. <laughs> <laughs> I will pass on this. It's too hard to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so the Olympics would end up being upstaged by the fair anyway, despite being a part of the fair. Oh. Basically, the fair made it look like the Olympics were a cute side project of the fair. That's crazy. And the head of the Louisiana Purchase Exposition, David R. Francis, awarded himself the honor of opening the Olympics. But, but he didn't really promote it. So it was a short opening ceremony that almost no one went to. Okay. He, like, totally... Dick Cheney'd himself. He's like, I'm going to try to find the vice president. Oops, I found myself. Oh, do you remember that? No, did he? He was, was a part he of the part committee of the to try to exploratory committee to find the, the vice president. Yeah, and he found himself. Well, he was there the whole time. Yeah. So, wow. don't you see the poison was within you all along, Dick Cheney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we wish. So <laughs> well, it was. It was his heart. Yeah. So there was a tiny little opening ceremony that no one went to, but they still had that oiled-up Samoan guy, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because it's not Olympics opening ceremony without that guy. Yeah. He's been there every year since. He's (laughs) 400 years old at this point. (laughs) Well, it's a family thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, So what's kind of wild, though, is that I learned that over 19.7 million people would attend the fair from when it opened on April 30th through December 1st. 60 countries and 43 states of the current 45 at the time okay. all had booths at the fair to promote their locations and cultures. All right. Two states didn't bother going. <laughs> I, I think Illinois was one of them. It was like, fuck you guys. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come see Chicago? 
fucking drive up there. That's insane. So, like, like they couldn't even get all the states to join in on the World's Fair. Cool. Yeah. All right. The Olympics, on the other hand, would take place from July 1st through November 23rd. Oh, so it was right in the middle of it. Yeah. It was in the middle of the World's Fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is super strange. And they would struggle to get anyone to show up. Okay. Even the athletes, as I talked about. Mm-hmm. 651 athletes would compete. Huh, that feels like a lot. And only 62 of them would be from places outside of North America. Oh. <laughs> so, so America, Canada, and Mexico, well represented. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if Mexico was a part of this Olympics, to be honest. So Canada and America, yeah. well represented. Greece was there. Uh-huh. They were there in force. Sure. Unlike the World Fair where 60 nations were represented, the Olympics only had 15 nations. <laughs> Well, jeez, that's that, that's stupid, okay? That is really short-sighted, okay? Just get the guys from the Sweden booth, right, to come over and do a curling thing. I don't know. So, I know it's the Summer Olympics, but still, <laughs> lawn bowling? I'm they glad you mentioned that. <laughs> okay. Because there will be some people from the booth who uh, just go, sure, <laughs> I'll be part of your Olympics. Yeah, I'm from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> So, we really need you to participate in the moose riding <laughs> event. Okay. So when we get there, you're gonna it's gonna be worse than you think. So when oh. we get there, we'll make sure to to tag on that. All right. So the leader of the St. Louis Olympics planning kind of committee, James Edward Sullivan, okay. tried to have an Olympic event every single day from July first through November twenty third. So wow. like an event How every do you day. Even have that many things to do. Well, well, hang on. So. Most people talk now about... Now the Olympics are like three weeks long now. <laughs> it's like six months long. Yeah. So most people talk about how the real Olympic events all took place during August 29th through September 3rd. That what? short amount of time. It's like four days. Exactly. So he but basically, <laughs> he was like, we need to have more events. Today we're doing the Olympics uh, hot dog cookout. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> he basically added a ton of events that he thought were more Olympic, right. even though they weren't officially a part of it. Right. And the IOC would approve. And they just had to like take events that were going on in the World's Fair anyway, so there's now a, lim- there's now a medal in Olympic uh, quilting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a medal for biggest pig. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, I got the gold medal in polenta cake. <laughs> so I feel really bad for the person who got like the bronze yeah. in leather working. <laughs> what what would that be like? They're like, this is my life. I'm a leatherman. <laughs> Well, it's not that bad to be the third best in the world at leather working, is it, son? There's only three of us here. <laughs> the IOC would end up approving 94 of the 95 events that he wanted to add. <laughs> but he was also kind of a sadist. We're going to get into that in a minute, too. <laughs> okay. He basically was in charge of planning all the events and where and when they would take place, right? Mm-hmm. He was also obsessed with the idea of how to make an event really fucking hard so that it was considered Olympic worthy. You're kidding. All right, so it's quilting, yes. It's... But you have to spin the thread yourself into gold. While a lion chases you. That's right. And, and you can't even get Rumpelstiltskin to help you. Yeah. Okay, so this brings us to the main event of today's podcast. Yeah. The men's marathon. Underwater. <laughs> it's the underwater marathon. You're not far off. You... <laughs> So, this event would take place on August 
thirtieth, oh, which Jesus. as we know is a part of the main original IOC Olympic event. Yeah, but also one of the hottest days of the fucking year. Yep. Mm-hmm. But James Edward Sullivan wanted to make it Olympic worthy, let alone just a marathon. I love the idea that like running twenty six miles is not Olympic worthy. Like the yeah. mounted the number of people in the world who can even do that is so small. James Edward Sullivan decided that it should not only take place in the afternoon mm-hmm. when it's the hottest, but there would only be one stop that had water for the men at what? the eleven mile marker from what? a well. What? Only one place to get water. For 26 miles? Yes. What the What the fuck, man? So that... People are going to die. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so... <laughs> we were so giddy. That particular day would yeah. reach temperatures of 92 degrees. Fucking hell. And the humidity was in the 90s. <gasps> so as a result, the heat index during the height of the race was 135 degrees. No. Yes. No. So nothing says smart like having a race midday in summer with only one water stop on the path, right? Well, if you're in St. Louis, nothing says smart. (laughs) So I'm sure you're asking yourself why James Edward Sullivan would plan such an event this way. Well, you said he was a sadist. So (laughs) He's a dick. Quote from Wiki, Uh quote, his ostensible reason was to conduct research on purposeful dehydration, even though dehydration is potentially fatal. Okay, so... This is oh, this is just what he did before he became a doctor for the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, James would later change his name to Doctor Mangola. Oh well, sure, yeah. yeah. So that's where I know him from. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, no one hired you to do research on athletes during no the Olympics. Kidding. Thank <laughs> you very much. Like, we are going to do some research on you without your knowledge or consent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> Now you know. But apparently dehydration or purposeful dehydration was like a really big area of research at the time, what? according to the Smithsonian Magazine. <gasps> purposeful dehydration <laughs> is insane. Uh, but like also, don't conduct experiments during the Olympics. Yeah. I understand the idea of, like, these are the best of the best, so you want to see what they can do. But I'm like, they're not camels. Uh, also, no one's asking you yeah. for your fucking Purposeful dehydration study. Pay me. Least of all the people who are running in it. Yeah. If you want me to be a part of your study, pay me. Jeez. Yeah. So if those conditions weren't bad enough, he also planned the route on unpaved roads Mm -hmm. out in the country. Well, there probably weren't a ton of paved roads anyway. Fair enough. But they would start in a stadium, Mm -hmm. right? And they would finish in the stadium in a giant circle, more or less. Okay. But the majority of the route would take place out in the farmland. Sure. So, 32 people would sign up to compete in this particular race. Okay. Representing... Who, who, at this point, if they know the situation under which they're running, deserve to die. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't know. Oh, well. So, they were only... They didn't know there wasn't going to be water for 11 miles? I think they may have known that, but they didn't know how terrible it was going to be. Okay. Of the 32 people, only four nations were represented. (laughs) Okay. The United States, Greece, South Africa, and Cuba. Oh, wow. People argue that France was a part of this race as well, mm-hmm. but there was a slight problem. <laughs> yeah, but nobody can tell because the French run from everything. <laughs> the French are always running, so yeah. who knows if they're in a race or just running. They're just fleeing. Yeah, on your mark, it's at, we surrender! <laughs> <laughs> they collaborated with the IOC during this time. Yeah. <laughs> so the only reason that Albert 
Corre, mm-hmm. the Frenchman who ran in this marathon, is listed as an American, is that the official document that he brought basically was the wrong paperwork. Mm-hmm. So sometimes in this particular Olympics, he's playing for France, and sometimes it's for the United States. You're kidding. So, like, this one, he was a USA. You can't have dual citizenship at the Olympics. But you can't. Albert does. Wow. <laughs> so, all right. Today, my mustache is running alone. Yeah. <laughs> as an independent citizen of the world. Yeah. So, this Olympics was actually the first time that black Africans ever competed in the Olympics, okay. ever. So, that was a big deal. Yeah. Their names were Len Tao and Yaman Sani. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I said their names terribly. They're amazing men, and we will learn more about them in a moment. All right. They actually didn't sign up originally. They signed up because they wanted to, and by wanted to, I mean were forced to. By the so other members, at all. <laughs> by the other members of the World Fair South Africa booth, uh, the booth, the booth. Remember when we talked yeah, about? Yeah, were this? these just people who were from South Africa and they weren't competing in the Olympics at all? They were part of the booth to to show people what South Africa is like. You're fucking kidding and me! The white so people, the booth people did show up. Yeah, they did just dragoon <laughs> people from the booth. Yeah, that happened to be there at the fair. Well, and it, this was a little bit more nefarious, though. Oh my god! A lot of white. People... Hello, I am here for your foot race. Your short foot race. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, a bunch of white people were like. We want to see how black people do against white people, so you guys should run. Uh-huh. But it's important to note that we're not going to give any of them water. Yeah. <laughs> so they were signed up. Just to level the playing field. Yeah, they were signed up without their consent, and then they showed up. And a lot of people were betting on the fact that they were going to do really well, because they'd both been dispatch runners during the uh, Boer War. Okay. And they were considered the fastest of the dispatch runners. So All they're right. like, these guys are going to do great. Well, um, you know, you know that that makes a little sense. The problem was they didn't have any running clothing because they hadn't planned on doing this. Well, that's and, fine because we're getting back to the original Olympics anyway. Well, and Len Tao showed up to the race without any shoes at all. Okay. So he ran with no shoes. Well, he probably was used to that. Perhaps, but it's still like it's a disadvantage when you've got people with grippy shoes and... Yes and no. I mean, there's a Maybe, whole yeah. school of thought that says that, you know, running bare, barefoot is better for you anyway. Oh. hmm Who knew? Mm-hmm. So, Len Tao has no shoes, right? Sure. <laughs> he, however, was not the only man to show up with a clothing problem. All right. Felix Carbajal, the only competitor from Cuba, mm-hmm. would show up to the event wearing a long sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. long pants, heavy shoes, and a beret. Just for fun. (laughs) (laughs) He was a postman in Cuba. Mm -hmm. But in order for him to come to America to compete, he had to run a lot to raise money for the trip. So Mm -hmm. he basically ran the length of Cuba to, like, earn money from people Mm -hmm. and get tips and stuff to be able to pay to come over to America to compete. he ran in that outfit? I guess. I don't know. He just, whatever he had on today. It makes me think that, you know, like most of the stuff we buy for workouts or whatever, it's just a bunch of crap. (laughs) You can do it all in jeans and heavy. He he was wearing Doc Martens (laughs) and slacks. Yeah. And he ran a marathon. Let's just put it this way. 130 degrees. (laughs) Swamp ass in jeans is way worse than swamp ass in sweatpants. I'm not saying it's going to feel good. Yeah. I'm just saying you can do it. You're going to chafe. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. chafing in the butthole, For and nobody's sure. going to like it. No. Well, unless you're into that. Um, <laughs> Again, <laughs> it takes all kinds. Yeah. So Cubans <laughs> are known for it. <laughs> <laughs> so Felix raised the money, mm-hmm. and he was able to come over. He landed in New Orleans, 
he decided that the best idea for him to do was to play craps. Okay. And he lost all his money. Oh. So he had no money what? to get from New Orleans oh, to man. St. Louis. Oh, man. So he then hitchhiked his way to St. Louis. Okay. And barely made it in time for the race. And he had nothing on him except his clothing. Oh. So he had no time to change. He was forced to run in the clothing he was wearing. No way. But thankfully, another Olympian, Martin Sheridan, mm-hmm. had a pair of scissors on him. Got to question that. He was competing in two events, that's all. He was running he was and he was doing a quilting bee. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. He yes. was doing Olympic quilting. Well, that makes it more plausible. It's just part of the tools of an Olympic quilter. Yeah. So Martin helped Felix cut his pants mm-hmm. into shorts. He quilted shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he cut he cut the lower half of the pants off and then quilted those parts into a new pair of quilted shorts. He won double gold. Totally. The only other racers who were not American were ten men from Greece who had actually never run a marathon in their lives. Ironic, since it's from there. Yeah. Cool. But isn't that great? Like, we're going to do a marathon in the worst conditions ever for the first time ever. There's ten of us, so maybe one of us will live. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Americans of note were Fred Lors, mm-hmm. L-O-R-Z, fun little name, mm-hmm. who by day lay bricks, mm-hmm. and by night trained for the race. Okay. Like Batman. I wonder if he ever slept. <laughs> he did not. Okay. He was able to come because he placed at an amateur race. Okay. So he like was fast enough at an amateur race, and they're like, you could be an Olympian. Was it a marathon that he did before? I think it was like a half marathon or something. I don't know. It was something with a long mileage, et cetera. Okay. The other and water stuff. Yeah, the other big American names were William Garcia, Thomas Hicks, John Lorden, and Sam Mellor. They were the favored runners of the race. They're kind of like everyone's like my money's on them. Favored because they were American. And, yeah, yeah okay. they, they they were the most known, and like the other people were favored. We just think he's going to do better than the Cuban in the clunky heels. Yeah, <laughs> although. Watch out for those South African folks. Sure. Who knows? I mean, we just signed them up. That's good advice anytime. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. So the stage is basically set now. Yeah. You ready for this? I'm, no. I'm as ready as these guys are. Let's get to the race. (laughs) So at 3.03 p.m. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And we're going to start at the. (laughs) <laughs> Absolute hottest time of day. <laughs> I hope they've been having some water for a while. So David R. Francis yeah. would fire the starting pistol. At which point the Frenchman surrendered. <laughs> he soiled his pants. He surrendered. <laughs> the human hitchhiked back to Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> Where he then played more craps. That's right. Um, uh, so the starting pistol went off. Mm-hmm. The men would take <laughs> off. They would run five laps in the actual stadium track first, and then they would head off into the wilds of St. Louis. Okay. Right off the bat, Fred Lors would take the lead in the race, shocking everyone. Because everyone's like, he's an amateur. How's he doing better than the regulars? Calm down, Martha. It's still early. <laughs> I just don't understand. Calm down. It's con- they have 11 miles to go before water. Someone's <laughs> dying today. <laughs> What's next? Poor people able to be smart? <laughs> no, don't ever worry about that. <laughs> Reminder, Fred is a bricklayer guy, right? Yes, Batman. He probably shot his load off too soon. Oh, hello. Because after only a mile, Thomas Hicks would edge him out of the lead. <laughs> Did you like my wordplay there? I Yes. Shot his load? Totally. Edge yeah, him? Uh, yeah, no, it was so subtle. It's an ejaculation joke. Great. 
really well timed at the very beginning of the race too. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it called when you come too soon? Premature. Premature. He was a premature well, I ejaculation. Think that was a premature ejaculation joke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, you're laughing now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but more at my thing. <laughs> okay. So, as I mentioned before, yeah. the course was quite awful, right? Yeah. They had no idea what hell they were in for. Oh, tell me. Quote from smithsonian.com. Mm-hmm. Quote, there were seven hills varying from 100 to 300 feet high. <laughs> Okay. Some with brutally long ascents. Mm-hmm. In many places, cracked stone was strewn across the roadway, creating what? perilous footing. Why? Oh, not on purpose. Just happened to be there. Yeah. Okay. And the it's men... Had... Like they... I, I think Sullivan went out and fucking did that. Like, <laughs> like We're going to place I... the jacks here. I just still don't think it's hard enough. Maybe some thumbtacks? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that'll blow out their shoes. Uh, uh, n- not the South African who doesn't have any. I know. Oh. So the men had to constantly dodge crosstown traffic. What? Delivery wagons. They didn't close the route? Railroad trains. <laughs> Darts. <laughs> Traveling cars. And people walking their dogs. <laughs> it's like fucking Frogger up in here. No kidding. Absolutely. Judy Garland on the trolley car. <laughs> bearing down on you. Thump, thump, thump when the runners. She had a fucked up sense of humor back there. She was high. She was really high. No. You can't blame her. She was battling addiction. Oh, goodness. If that wasn't enough with all the things that I mentioned, and Judy Garland swerving around, attacking them all. (laughs) Raised Judy Garland coming at you. (laughs) Unpaved roads are dusty and basically dirt, right? Sure, yeah. So it extra sucked for the runners that they had horses, cars, and wagons going ahead of them, kicking up dust throughout the race. So they're running into a cloud of dust constantly. No, uh, there's like, so they're trying to close the route or go ahead of them to make They have to have people ahead of them to keep track that they're not cheating. No, they're they're all running behind them. And they had people behind them too, and that was kicking up dust. It was. Oh my god. So the car, yeah, they're supposed to be there to make sure everyone's okay and safe, but instead they were causing immense problems for the runners. Yeah. In fact, horse shit for one. They were the cause. The runners were like, oh no, another pile of horse poo on my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> but except for uh, the one South African runner, what's his name? Uh, Len Tao. Yeah, he just stepped right in it. He yeah. didn't care. Yeah. So the dust was actually the cause of the first runner dropping out and almost dying. Okay, sure. I'm, I, it had to be something. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Are you ready for it? Sure. Will it you? wasn't. It wasn't the trolley. It wasn't Judy Garland killing them. No. no, she wouldn't take people out until the end of the race. All right. You're getting too close to the finish. We're not ready for the show to end. Bang. Oh, wow. So, William Garcia, who was a runner from California, mm-hmm. would be found on the side of the road. <laughs> Yeah. He would be rushed to the hospital where they would find that the dust had not only coated his esophagus, but it had also ripped open his stomach lining. No. Yeah. That much dust had gotten into him. Oh, my God. Okay. Which, to me, is like, when you saw that, you should have stopped the cars from driving. Well, maybe. But James, the guy who, like, set this up, he's like, yeah, we're finding out who the real strong guys are. Right. So for for him, this is just a plot point in his... (laughs) 
<laughs> Deliberate dehydration yeah. study. Sure. Noted. When you add dust to dehydration, stomach right. opens up. You know what your problem, Mr. Sullivan, is you don't have a control group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got all these assholes running yeah. in, with no water and running through a dust cloud and horse poop. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. basically, if they hadn't found him when they did, they're almost certain that he would have bled out from his injuries. Yeah. So while this was happening, other racers were falling out of the race one by one for different reasons. Mm-hmm. John Lorden began to vomit a lot because of the conditions yeah. and basically said, fuck this, and dropped out. He's like, yeah. I'm a professional runner, right. not a punching bag. Right. So fuck this. Fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm late for the Olympic auctioning competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is... Little Mary, she won the auction with ten dollars. <laughs> like being an auctioneer. Oh. <laughs> you just have to win an auction. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the youngest Olympian ever. She's the only one who figured out how to use the paddle. Yeah. <laughs> so. Then Sam Miller, another Mm -hmm. favorite, around the 10-mile marker, got incredible stomach cramps. He had to slow down to only a walk, and after a little bit of time... Mm -hmm. He had to die. He decided... (laughs) (laughs) First I have to walk, then I have to kneel, then I have to crawl, then I have to fall onto my face, and then I have to die. (laughs) He decided that the pain was too much, and he gave up, too. Okay. So Fred Lors, the bricklayer, right? Yeah. Who was originally in the lead around mile nine, also slowed down and had cramps. Mm -hmm. So they're really learning that your stomach is fucked when there's too much dust. Yeah. He, too, would bow out of the race. Oh, no. He was my early favorite. Was he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was the the underdog. He's going to have to go back to fighting crime at night. I know. That's sad. (laughs) So he basically bowed out of the race, right? Yeah. And he opted to... fell to the side out of the race. (laughs) Sure. I don't think it was as graceful as a bow, but yeah. He uh, he then opted to get into one of the automobiles that was following the racers. There were automobiles? Yeah. All right. To drive them to the finish line. So basically, if you bowed out, you got in one of the, in the back. Sure. And then they would drive ahead. They should do it in the front and just keep adding cars yeah. <laughs> to make it harder and harder. Yeah, it's just so much dust. <laughs> so as he was being driven to the finish line, he decided to take the time to wave to spectators and the other runners. Oh, it became like a parade. Yeah. <laughs> a one-man parade. Sure. The only thing that was a problem for him after being in this car yeah. was that 11 miles later, his car broke down. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> now he's like 20 miles out. So he was actually starting to feel a lot better from the stomach pain. So he decided to hop out of the broken vehicle and start running again. What? In the race. You just rode in a car for 11 miles? <laughs> Great strategy. All right. You're laughing, but that is a really good strategy for how to win a race, a foot race. So when this happened, however, mm-hmm. one of the men who was a part of Thomas Hicks' team, who was currently in the legitimate lead, Thomas Hicks, mm-hmm. saw Fred and said, no, 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 you have to leave the field. Like, you you lost. You've been in a car for, you, you quit the race and you've been in a car for 11 miles, like the Grand Marshal of the back, yeah. and now you're <laughs> here again. So Fred was like, no, thank you, and mm-hmm. kept running. All right. So that's cool. As he crossed the, <laughs> and he was so fresh too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 
Fred would cross the finish line in under three hours. No. And the crowd would go wild. They were all really excited about the fact that it was an American who had won the race. Okay, but he was in a car for half the race. (laughs) So the other crowd started chanting, an American won, an American won. I'm like, first of all, you had basically a two-thirds chance that an American would win this race. Yeah. And like a five-eighths chance someone was going to die. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so they're chanting this over and over, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, we need to rub it in everyone's face. All the 14 other nations that are not competing in this race. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I mean, that that sounds on par for America, sure. Yeah. We have now condensed this down yeah. to USA. USA. So that's nice. It's pithy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And American one. It's just too long. And American one. USA. That's just great. <laughs> now we get to be dicks, and I don't have to work as hard. <laughs> That's the American dream. (laughs) So, Alice Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. direct relation to President Roosevelt. I would hope so. Otherwise, you're really saddled with that name. I know. She was his daughter, was there to help with the honors of the winners. Sure. So, she went over to Fred and took a photo with him, (laughs) and then they put a winner's wreath on his head. No. And just before she was going full Leia... An hour and and a half later, when the rest of the field showed up, they're like, (laughs) excuse me, the guy took a subway to get here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right before she went full Leia and was mm-hmm. going to put the medal around his neck, mm-hmm. someone called out that he was a liar and a cheat. Yeah, he uh, was. And the crowd turned on him super quickly. Ripped him apart. And the <laughs> the chance of joy turned to chance of boo. Whoa. So they went from American <laughs> one to boo. Right. Boo. Sure. Boo. Okay. Boo. <clears throat> Oh, that was a little and girl And the winner it? for best booer of the Olympics <laughs> is... Mary yeah. Oh, my God, that's two <laughs> golds. Double, gold, double gold. She still holds the record <laughs> for most gold medals in the she, Olympics. She's the only winner of the booing Olympics. Yeah, but that year she won uh, iced tea tasting Yeah, <laughs> as well. Quote from smithsonian.com. Mm-hmm. Lors smiled and claimed that he had never intended to accept the honor... He finished only for the sake of a joke. I just wanted the wreath and a photo with the first daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Fred would be banned from racing for the rest of his life for this offense. Good. Now, as this shit show was happening, there were other bad things happening on the actual course to the rest of the runners. Okay. So, Len Tao, the shoeless runner from South Africa, was doing really well in the race. Okay. He's actually, like, a contender. Mm Mm-hmm. Until a pack of dogs chased him over a mile off the actual marathon route. What? So once he evaded them, he then needed to run the extra mile back to the route to keep going. So he had to run two extra miles to finish the race. Holy fuck. He would eventually finish in ninth place. Whoa. Which is amazing. Yeah. When you think about it. Well, yes and no. Only nine people finished. (laughs) (laughs) But they speculate that he actually might have done hella better and might have placed. Yeah, if he hadn't had to run two miles out of his way in front of a pack of wild dogs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think maybe he would have done better than ninth in that case. I actually think there may have been foul play with this. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if there were people who were like, we can't let the black guy win. So I think that's giving people too much. Uh, they were pretty racist back then. No, 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 oh no, they were definitely racist. I just that may be giving people too much knowledge of uh, how the race was going, and also oh, yeah. an access to a pack of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you had to have. Release the hounds. I feel like racism <laughs> is a given, but the other things you need to make that happen <laughs> maybe are harder. 
So our other favorite, our favorite Cuban, mm-hmm. Felix, also had well, a bit of an issue. He was our favorite and our least favorite. He's the default <laughs> yeah. one Cuban running. So he was making great time. But okay. wow. he would decide to stop and talk with people watching the race occasionally. Because <laughs> he's like really into the fact that people are like cheering him on. He's like, how am I doing? Well, not as good now. He... <laughs> <laughs> he was just asking everyone to borrow their shoes. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Every person. Do you have a t-shirt? My shirt is so wet. Why couldn't the guy do a little short sleeve shirt for him at I the know. same time he made him shorts? But all right. So he also was very hungry because he hadn't had much to eat since coming to America because he had no money. Yowza. So he kept asking people for food <laughs> on the raise. <laughs> Um, it's basically the exact same thing he did all over Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like high-speed panhandling. <laughs> so he he actually he spotted some people eating peaches, okay. and he got really excited, so he went over and asked if he could have one. He stopped in at a Payless, he yeah. went to the peach store. <laughs> they told him no. <laughs> wow. He, you may not have my peach. What a shithead. So he decided to just grab the peaches and, and ran. <laughs> He's like, catch me now. Yeah. And they're like, we're not tired. We could totally take you. Did they do it? No. Oh. He ate the peaches as he ran. Well, you know, who can um, blame him? Later in the race, he stumbled upon an He's apple. He's the Jean Valjean of yeah. the marathon world. <laughs> Later in the race, he stumbled upon an apple orchard, and he decided to pick a bunch of green apples and eat them. Holy shit, this guy is just on a shopping trip. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in a marathon? <laughs> like what? He then developed some stomach cramps. From eating the apples and the peaches while running. And he opted to lay down and take a nap. (laughs) He came in eighth. Uh, (laughs) After his nap, he got back up and ran the rest of the race. Wow. He would come in fourth place. No. About a half hour after the legitimate winner, Thomas Hicks. No way. Yeah. So he... Came in fourth after like a trip to the mall and... Yeah. A nap. If he hadn't napped, he would have placed. Napped. Where he would have placed, we don't know, but he would have received a medal. Yeah, he napped. Isn't that amazing? He took a nap in the middle of a marathon. Yeah. That is definitely a me move, but not a professional <laughs> runner. <laughs> okay, Thomas Hicks, right? The okay. legitimate winner of the race? Mm-hmm. He was really starting to struggle around 10 miles, just like everyone else, because mm-hmm. it's fucking hot and there's been no water, right? Yeah. But he had a crew helping him, because he's one of the favorites. Okay. Two men would basically run alongside him, not in the race, which is amazing. I'm like, how are they running a fucking marathon along with him? Because you can do like a section of two miles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I guess they get in the car, give him some dust, they get back out. Exactly. Uh, He's like, stop driving right in front of me. (laughs) Drive to the side. It's the only food he's going to get. Yeah. Oh, God. What's wild, though, is that he would beg them and ask them repeatedly for water But all they would do was dampen his mouth with a sponge with kind of lukewarm water. They would not give him actual water. I don't know why. This is the people helping him? Yeah. They're like, you don't need water. Not very much. Here's a sponge. Slap. I didn't want a a facial sponge bath. I want... (laughs) I want my... The inside of my body to have some water. (laughs) As much as I enjoy having wet things hit my face, now is not the time, George. This is... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there is a time and a place for that. I'm a thirsty bitch. Sure. Right Feed now, me. he was. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think they work for Sullivan more than they help him. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all part of the experiment. See how distraught he gets when you just smack him in the face with a sponge. This insane water situation. They did, however, give him a performance-enhancing drug cocktail. Hello. As opposed to water. Well, then fuck the water. When he was a mere... <laughs> Never mind. I take back everything I've said about these well... guys. Oh, wait. <laughs> so he's seven miles from the finish line. He's like, I'm dying. Yeah. It was made up of strychnine and egg whites. What? So, strychnine is a poison. Strychnine is actually a rat poison. Uh-huh. And deadly to humans, too. And egg whites is gross. Yes. Okay. However, in super, super small doses, strychnine can actually act as a pick-me-up. Oh, cool. <laughs> there was no rules against performance enhancers back well, then. Well, no. Uh, probably not, huh? Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of rules at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Hunger Games. It was basically. Uh, the, well, it was I mean, the Thirst Games. Felix, it was. it was the Hunger Games. Well, sure. He's Felix going to just eating was shopping. <laughs> <laughs> the shopping games. It's recorded as legal in Olympic history. Sure. And it actually is the first time that performance enhancers were used in the modern Olympics. Mm -hmm. And it was affecting him. How? It started well. Oh. And then it started to affect him Badly. Oh, they went a little too hard on the strychnine, I guess. Yeah. But, pick me up until it puts you down like six feet under. Yeah, <laughs> and at first they're like, well, we should stop giving it to him because like... How often did they do this? <laughs> well, we'll get there. Uh, they're like, Fred won, and that's disappointing, so we're going for second, so we just need to be good, but we don't need to be that good. That, uh -huh. Then they learned that Fred was disqualified, mm -hmm. and Hicks had a real chance to win. Well, yeah. So they opted to give him more. Okay. So they're like, dial it up. Only this time, when they gave it to him, instead of just giving him the cocktail, huh? they gave him an actual cocktail with some brandy. What? They decided to drunk him up at the same time. How fast are these people going? This is insane. And how have they got like a bar car in there? <laughs> what this I also whole love. thing is crazy. I also love that he was still begging them for food and water. <laughs> But the handlers I'll give were you like egg whites and rat poison. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this is a fucked up bargain. No, I'll please. take it. No, please, no more, no more poison whites. How about some brandy? Um, I, I guess. I, I sure. guess. The best it's part liquid, is, at least. Well, the best part is that alcohol dehydrates you. Yeah. Well. So James, the head of the Olympics, is like, give them all alcohol. Yes. <laughs> Drunk marathon racing. God. That's so much more Olympic. I feel like at this point, like, people are walking next to them, helping them, essentially. Basically. Mm -hmm. The only water that they would end up giving him was warm water that they dumped on his head. So not the... <laughs> you guys are not helping. <laughs> not helping. They yeah. have a lot of water, and they keep putting it in places where he does not want it. Yeah. So just, like, lift your arm. Okay, if you'll give me water. Splash. Just, I did not want water there. I asked for water. You dab a sponge on the back of my knee. <laughs> I, need, I need not that. This is going to help you sweat. It's going to help you sweat. I don't need to lose more I'm water. I'm doing just fine sweating. Yeah. So in the last mile, he was begging to stop the race and to stop running. And he started to hallucinate oh, from all the poison God. and the brandy. Oh, my God. He imagined that the finish line was still 20 miles away. Oh, no. So he started to, like, cry and get upset. And the handler's like, you're almost there. Here's some absinthe. <laughs> As they reached the stadium, his two handlers would pick him up and carry him over the finish line. Not fair. And it was allowed because his legs were swaying back and forth over the ground and looked like they were running. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fun 
fucking standard. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. I'll do that. <laughs> I I'll, need I'll run two a marathon. Really if strong men to, to carry be carried me. the whole way by yeah. two guys. Sure. Hicks would end up losing eight pounds during the actual race. Fucking hell! I just want to like he must well, have so soiled it himself. Been easier by the time he got there than yeah. when he left. He is quoted saying afterwards, "Quote: Never in my life have I run such a tough." course mm-hmm. the terrific hills simply tear a man to pieces mm-hmm. i mean and the rocks and yeah <laughs> strychnine sure doesn't uh, help he would win with a time of three hours 28 minutes and 53 seconds that's still amazing so much faster than i could ever do it. <laughs> this was actually the worst time ever in, a, in the olympics by about 30 minutes from the next slowest marathon runner. Well, okay, but a guy took a nap and came in fourth. Yeah. <laughs> in second place would be Frenchman Albert Corre. Oh, wow. Uh, with a time of three For hours. America, right on. <laughs> American won and American came in second. Perfect. Uh, also, he, an American cheated. <laughs> he would come in second with a time of three hours, 34 minutes, and 52 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then finally, another American, Arthur Newton, would come in third at 3 hours, 47 minutes, and 33 seconds. It's a sweep. Only 14 of the OG 32 racers would actually finish the race. Well, that's way higher than I would have expected. That's under half. Yeah. Which is amazing. Well, still, I mean, but yeah, but in those conditions, jeez. Uh, this was basically the most brutal marathon track to ever be ran. Yeah. Hicks and Fred would face off one more time in another race mm-hmm. the next year. Yeah. Now, I told you, Fred had gotten banned from running, right? Yeah. But he got his sentence thrown out because he's a white man, and he oh. convinced them that it was a joke and he hadn't meant any harm. Okay. Even though he clearly tried to fucking steal the race. Well, I mean, enough people saw him get out of a car and ride in a car for 11 miles. Yeah. Well, he had to know. But it's a poor Also, chase. come on. Give him a break. He's a white man. Give him a break. <laughs> so they would race in the 1905 Boston Marathon, and Fred would win the whole thing on his own. We like, think. Well, of course, Boston does have a subway. <laughs> I don't know if it did back then. <laughs> okay, what is the bright side? Wow, I mean, it was it was certainly bright that day. It was yeah. fucking ninety degrees, <laughs> but okay, I don't know. Okay, first, no one died. Right, that's true. That is someone almost died. Miraculous, yeah. because people did almost die. Right, and there should have been more deaths. This was a ridiculous race that never should have taken place. Absolutely true. It was actually an epic lesson in how to not have a marathon. They now no longer have marathons in the middle of the day. We have to learn these things somehow, and this yeah. is how we learned that one. They also Jesus. learned that having water throughout is a smart plan. Yeah, let's go ahead with that and not throw dust. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. is like top to bottom, how not to run a race. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Uh. The other thing I also liked is that Fred wasn't allowed to cheat. You know, I still don't think he was going to cop up to it if he mm-hmm. wasn't forced to. Who knows? We'll never know. Right. But the fact is, is that people jumped in and he wasn't able to cheat a win out here. I still think Hicks really shouldn't have won because he was carried over the finish line. But I think he should have if he was he was a, like 10 minutes in front of the next guy, right? That yeah. That was like the last few feet or something. And so it was within the stadium, right? Yeah. Like... I feel like give this person his due. He did just run 26.2 miles. <laughs> Filled in, with in rat poison. Those, yeah, and, and they've been plying and they've been slapping him with a sponge <laughs> for 10 miles. Run faster. And Why? feeding him poison and, yeah. and, and, and raw eggs. And then, like, the guy, 
<laughs> guy's an experiment within an experiment. Yeah. Like, and he was waving his little feet. Yeah. <laughs> Let him win. Am I running, Ma? I'm still running, right? You know, I bet Fred took a better portrait with the... <laughs> <laughs> Alice goes over there and she's just like, is he alive? <laughs> Alice goes up to Hank's... <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm the president's daughter. I can't take a picture with a corpse. <laughs> this is going to be so terrible for the re-election campaign. Not, not a good look. Yeah. Uh, she placed the laurels on him, and it like and he turns, ate them. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> Food. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. This race is epic. It, if anything, has made me never want to run a marathon. Marathons are terrible. Yeah. From top to bottom. But, like, this one went out of its way to make it way more terrible than yeah. it's going to be otherwise. It's like, just the physical act of running that long when you're fully supported is hard as fuck. Well, and the when guy... When you're completely abandoned <laughs> to the fates like this and yeah. not given any water or help, <laughs> given brandy and, and spit at, <laughs> what you get... Uh, you know, it's so much the worse. Oh my god. Well, I've never heard of this story before, but I just, uh, it's just crazy. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. Yeah. I am never running a marathon. <laughs> but you are a runner. You could actually probably do one of these. Yeah, I just, I worry that it'll destroy me. Mm. But think of the abs. That one guy lost eight pounds. I don't want to lose eight pounds in but think of the abs. three hours. Basically, your abs will have a body. Your body won't have abs. <laughs> <laughs> you My right. abs will have abs. <laughs> I I mean, I started running because there's heart issues in my family, and I was like, I should get ahead of the curb. Mm-hmm. And then the abs showed up, and I was like, oh, this is great. So that I came I came for the, heart. for the heart, and I stayed for the abs. Sure, it's the reverse of a gay relationship. <laughs> yeah, I came for the abs, and I stayed for the heart. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Jason. That's what we have this week, right? Because I don't have any bright sides. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm there's not nothing good, good about this one. Nothing good about this. I think no. another bright side is science learned nothing that if you. Other than what we've said. Well, <laughs> the other thing is that science learned if you pour dust into people, their stomach lining will split. Cool. That was an important experiment. I hope Sullivan is very happy <laughs> with the results of his I'm going to fuck you up experiment. <laughs> okay. Purposeful so you know that he, he went on after this to become a dominatrix, right? Sure. No, of course. Yeah. yeah for the Nazis. <laughs> That was sad. Wow. I, well, yeah, it was sad. Yes, World War Two was sad. Yeah. It sucked. Uh, but this was also bad. <laughs> so well done, Olympics, for learning from this. Yeah, and way to not be dicks anymore. Yeah. not The same cannot be said for St. Louis. St. Louis, you're a dick. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Come back and see us next week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Yeah. Give us five stars. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you going to eat that avocado? Yes. It's mine now. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at BrightSideKNJ, and on Facebook, at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.TheBrightSideWithKevinAndJason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look look on on the the bright side. side!